0: If you have your Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. As as I teach today, I I want you to peel back the flannel board of our childhood, okay? If you grew up in church, like I did, you know the story of Noah. And we're going to go through that story here in a minute, but In relationship to expected changes, there are changes that we find ourselves already expecting. One of them is getting older. You know, the older I get, the simpler things are. When I was a kid, and my my sister and her husband are here today, she can vouch for this I was in the coolest gang in the neighborhood. We, we all had bikes. And growing up, we like ran the neighborhood. Because way back when, it wasn't like today. My, we would leave the house at 4 o'clock. My parents had no idea where we were until dark. That was the, the time the bell rang. We could eat or be home by dark. And we would we'd be out. I, I, had a, I had a bike with a banana seat. How many know what that what that is? Okay, y'all are all old like me. Um, it was a cool bike. It had cards in it, you know. It was like me. But I got a part of a got to be a part of a youth group at First Baptist Nashville, and and uh, we would go do we'd camp together. We'd take our bikes, you know. We'd ride the campground like we were a gang and. And Julie's family was with us, and uh, we'd do church camp outs. It was about 13 years old that I began to figure out, girls are different than guys. <laughs> and so that tripped me out for a little while, because the girls were in the gang. They were one of the guys until about 13. Then I realized there was something different. So then I start moving through teenage years, and Julie and I actually dated during our teenage years. And stages of life continue to grow. I'm looking for a wife. She is exactly who God placed in my life, who I need. And got married. And man, we had a blast with no kids. <laughs> and, then, and then kids came along. And our life totally changed. I had no idea what was fixing to happen. We expected, and if you're a parent, you get this, you're, you think you understand what's going to happen when you have your first child, but you don't really understand. When you have your first child, everything's different. Friday nights are different. <laughs> Saturday, it's, everything's different. And then you have multiple kids, and then, and then they grow up, and they move out of the house, and now we're back to no kids, and we're back to having fun again. <laughs> and, then, and then we have grandkids, and grandkids are awesome because they come over, they stay a while, and they leave, and... We're back to having fun again. <laughs> and so, anyway. Expected. Ex, all of those are expected changes. And we think we know where we're going to be when we get there. And it's totally different than what we had expected. Even though we prepared. Even though that we're watching other people. And we're going to do like them. And I, my parents. And we're going to do like them. Julie's parents. were are going to do like them. The expected part of that is... What we're talking about. Cultural changes. Cultural changes. Changes that as soon as we get comfortable. Things change around us. The weather. <laughs> the weather is something that changes daily. Sometimes three times a day. It changes. Get up in the morning. It's pouring down rain. It's freezing cold. That night it's burning up. Sun burn. Everything. Um, even the weather. The sun goes up. And light appears. The expected part of that is what? It's going to set. And it's going to be dark. I already know that tonight. It's going to be dark tonight. And the expected part of that, the change in the world is going to be, as it spins, part of it's dark, part of it's light. And we get to experience the light right now and tonight we'll experience the darkness. The expected changes. Another one could be facial changes. When a believer comes to know the Lord, a new believer, somebody comes to know the Lord and has an encounter with God, your countenance changes. You're never the same again. You look different. You act different. You respond different. You react differently to situations. Changes that are expected in genesis chapter 6 there was an expected change for reasons if you have your copy of god's word turn with me if you don't have one we have bibles in both both corners you feel free to get up and get one we want you to in fact if you don't have one at home you take that with you Chapter 6 of Genesis, verse 9. Let's stand in honor of God's word. Follow with me. These are the family records of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God. And Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted it in its way. Then God said to Noah, I've decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I'm going to destroy them along with the earth. Father, today, may your word be true to us, that we understand it, that we take a nugget of truth and we apply it to our lives. Thank you, Lord, for our owner's manual, the Bible. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Expected change. In Noah's life, something happened. So as we're getting it off the flannel board of, of the childhood story of the ark and floating in the water. Something happened in Noah's life. Um, it says here, it describes for the next three chapters, two and a half. Two and a half. Exactly what Noah was supposed to do. It started with God telling him what the problem was. Then the second one was God telling him what he needs to do about it. So as he's listening to God, God's given him specific instructions. One of them is to build an ark. And that ark was to be built a certain way. And it's described for the next two and a half chapters. Go for wood pitch described the container of the windows, the door on and on and on the story of Noah has been uh, put together in the movies that are probably not real scriptural um, <laughs> no they're definitely not scriptural so I, I want to go through and look at at the Bible at what scripture actually says because if you've ever seen the movie Noah you might have come back and needed to read Genesis 6 7 and 8 and part of 9 to get back scriptural again because there are parts of that that was right and some of it that was not right at all it was embellished there's another movie uh, that I was actually I was actually asked this for sure this is this is true as all things or true, I say, I hope. Don't you love it when somebody's speaking and say, this is true, <laughs> like, like nothing else I said was. But Anyway, um, this student came up to me and said, did, did Noah really wear a suit and suddenly started to grow hair and started wearing sackcloths and, and sandals? And I was like, Wait, what yeah because in the movie evan almighty they portrayed noah no he didn't work he wasn't a senator <laughs> he, he, when when yeah evan almighty is a it's a depiction of some things with the ark it's not the story of noah for sure so the long story short let's look at scripture and not not at hollywood trying to put together a movie Noah was 600 years old. The Bible tells us God decreed judgment on the earth. Factual. Wickedness and evil was everywhere. Factual. God decided to destroy every living thing. He instructed Noah to build an ark. To save himself and his family. He also told him to save two of specific species of birds and those that crawled, male and female. I don't know how flies, and mosquitoes, and spotters got into that, but they did. God also said that he would bring them to him when he opened the ark. Described very much in detail about what was going to happen. And it began... Forty days and forty nights of rain. It rained just like he said it would. All the bodies of water busted out of their banks. From oceans to lakes to bays. And flooded the earth. From the flat fields to the high mountains. It was covered. After about 150 days the water has receded significantly. The ark came to rest in the seventh month. And then about a year from when the rain began, God told Noah he can now leave the ark once he saw dry ground. That's the story. A lot of other things become embellishment if it's not told that way. That's the scriptural depiction. The expected change. Noah was just going away, going along with his life, and really, for it says six centuries wow, he walked with God. And there was an expected change coming: God's judgment on the earth. The wickedness and the evil had to stop. God said he would wipe it clean, wipe the earth of mankind, animals who walked and crawled. God spoke to Noah about specific things, facts. God gave Noah favor, fact. God spared him, both him and his household. I've always wondered about the people who saw him doing what he was doing. doesn't say a whole lot in scripture about all that. About whether they mocked him. The movie's embellished part of this. Whether they mocked him, whether they belittled him, whether, you know, crazy Noah, what is he doing, What I've I've always wondered about all the things that were surrounding that situation. I don't know exactly what happened, but I do know this. There's a song where the depiction of Noah says, Don't laugh too loud. Don't laugh too loud. When God speaks to someone... And they're trying to carry out what they believe God is doing. Trying to be obedient. Don't laugh too loud. If you're taking notes today. I want to go through four lessons that we can learn from Noah. Four specific things that we can do. That are scriptural. Verse 1. Walk with God. And show yourself blameless to him. In Genesis 6-9. Matter of record. That Noah was a righteous man. A matter of record that he walked with God. How many people say that of you? Does God demand that of us? That He walks with God. She is filled with God. I believe God does ask that of us. Walk with God closely. Follow his instruction. In the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals. And many people get lost here because they're saying that's the Old Testament, and that it does not apply to us today. The reason that does not apply to us today is not because of the sacrifices and how we walk with God to find ourselves blameless in front of God. It's the New Testament. We're living on this side of grace, and this side of grace, Jesus died for us. And because He is the sacrifice for our sin, we as believers in Jesus, can have a blameless life before God. You can't have it any other way because you can't be good enough. So when I say walk with God and show yourself blameless to Him, it's an impossibility if you're not a believer. Find yourself walking with God. Find Jesus In your life. And seek him. Number two. Show God. Tremendous faith. Noah showed. Tremendous faith. Now now remember with me here. It's not raining. It's. A dry ground. And God says. What he's going to do. Because of the evil and the wickedness, he is going to w- flood and rain. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to build an ark because I, because you're blameless before me and because you're, you have favor with me. You're a righteous man. I'm going to save you and your family and animals. And I want you to do this with this ark. Tremendous faith. Because it was not happening. It wasn't a crisis yet. Another question I have that floats in my mind. All those people that were coming by making fun of him. What happened when the rain started coming? (laughs) Pandemonium breaks out. Show God tremendous faith. Did Noah waver? Scripture says he did not. No details regarding that. But I know because it says he has a tremendous faith. Number three. Take action on what you know to do. Take action On what you know to do. Noah. Acted on what he knew to do. Begin building the ark. Now stay with me here. Because. In the world we're in. Let's put it in today's language. He didn't say. How can we afford this? You know. He didn't say. How are we going to get. All this work done. Who's going to. Who's going to do this? Scripture doesn't say any of that. Scripture said, man of tremendous faith who walked with God began to take action on what he knew to do. Number four. God is faithful. God's faithful even in times of crisis. He was faithful when he spoke to Noah, and he was still faithful with his word when everything started breaking out in pandemonium. God is faithful. Noah trusted God at his word, that everything he said was going to happen happen. Another question in my mind, how much grumbling on the ark was there? I'm getting seasick, you know. What all was happening on the ark? Do y'all have questions like that? My mind goes crazy when I'm reading stuff like this, but what was happening on the ark? Did, Did people question Noah? Are you sure you heard this right, you know? His family was the ones with him probably didn't grumble, probably didn't because of righteousness, because of trust and faith that God is true to his word. God is faithful even in times of crisis. Now, stay with me here because here, here's where we struggle. These four things, tried to move quickly through them because they're applicable to us today when it comes to so many issues in our life. So I want us to focus on that and not on the flood. Because many of us get stuck here. We struggle. Have you ever expected God to do something? Have you ever, have you ever expected God to do something? Maybe it was a crisis. Maybe it wasn't. But maybe it was just a situation you found yourself in and... You had a dream. You just thought it up. You believed it so strongly that you believed it was from God. When people hear that, or, well, I'll talk about me. (laughs) A lot of times when I hear that, just kind of off the wall, I, I wonder, was that from God or like a bad taco, you know? Or maybe it's terrible advice from from a friend or from friends. As you seek counsel, seek people who walk with God. As you try to find out the path and the journey, make sure that you're seeking the people that walk with God. Make sure that there's opportunities given to hear truth. And the second part of that very same statement is measure it with Scripture. The God we know from our experiences is also the God in the Bible. That God is the same God. God does not contradict himself. Where in the Bible are you drawing that information? Where are you looking? I don't want to over spiritualize this but I I want to talk about some very practical steps that I think are paramount to our walk and a challenge for each of us today read the Bible every day you'll know if you read the Bible every day you'll find that God speaks to you through that probably more than any other way. Begins to shape us. We meditate on it day and night. We move it from our hearts to our minds. Or we move it from our minds to our heart. It becomes who we are. And if you're reading the Bible every day and planting that, you'll know if God's speaking to you. Number two, expect God to work through you. It's amazing to me, many times in Scripture, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, maybe even more so in Matthew, God seems to do things to you before He does things through you. How amazing is that? And if you're looking for it in the Scripture that you're reading every day, He's got to be doing things to you to give you specific instructions because you're walking with God. Number three. Be patient. Oh, man, I hate this one. Be patient. Allow God to do something you cannot. I was a youth pastor a long time ago and I used to pray before we'd go every retreat every camp every everything we ever did where we would mix together and my 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 prayer was always that god would do something that i god god could do it in 10 minutes 10 seconds that i could not do in a lifetime and the amazement was god would do it not because i'm asking it's because they're seeking Be patient. Allow God to do something that you cannot. Now, here's another one. An area of expectation that I think we get tripped up on. Falls in the New Testament a lot. Expectations of love and forgiveness. What does God demand of us? We talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago when we were talking about unexpected changes. What does God demand of us? Are we expecting from Him something with love and forgiveness that we're not willing to give to others? Are we expecting something from Him that we're not willing to give? Love and forgiveness is one of the places where that seems to trip people up the most. Because the expectation... Of what I'm expecting from God. I'm not willing to do myself. This is one thing that we must act on. And not sit on. We already have. Instructions. On this in the Bible. There's nothing to pray about. The scripture already teaches us. What we should be doing. With love and forgiveness. See, both of those are an act of our will. Both of those are something that we choose to do. We love and we forgive. I try to say it almost every time I I get up here. They'll know we're believers by how we treat each other. Who's they? People who aren't believers. People who don't follow God, they're not righteous. They don't understand what are they talking about. They'll know who we are by the love we have for each other. And that love comes with the forgiveness. It's the choice that we make. We choose it with our will. The same thing could be true of the judgment of God. The judgment of God... In the portion we give out. Like the life of Noah. He walked with God. But obviously people around him did not. God chose to wipe clean the earth. Of the wickedness. And the evil. And to note. um, he, He also said that he would never do that again. He also said he would never flood the earth again. He would never wipe clean that Jesus would come before that. Expect to be judged and loved by our actions. So since we've jumped into the New Testament here, let me me give you an illustration because this is not just an Old Testament thing. This is a New Testament thing. In fact, it's all over the Bible, the expected change that comes with a walk. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. There's a story of a lady who felt like her hemorrhage and bleeding of 12 years would be stopped and healed if I could just touch Jesus. If I could just get near him, it would stop. And start with me in verse. Uh, Matthew chapter 9 verse 20. Just then a woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. For she said to herself, if I can touch this robe, I'll be be made well. Verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Have courage, daughter. He said, your faith has saved you. And the woman was made well or healed from that moment. Had faith in what? Had faith in who? Had faith in God. Had faith in Jesus. That's what healed her. Touching the garment, walking with God, encountering God over and over. You will change. You won't look the same. The older you get, the simpler it becomes. Jesus felt her touch, Scripture says. And she was healed because of her faith. Today, like Noah, make a commitment to walk with God. Show yourself blameless to Him. Show God tremendous faith. Act on what you know. And leave the rest to God. Be patient. Yes, be patient. Wait for God to do what you cannot. God is faithful all the time. He's the same God yesterday as he is today. And he will be the same in your future when you get there because he's already there. God doesn't move. God's truth is relevant today. As much as it was back yesterday, it is today and will be tomorrow.